Before we begin our study together, let's pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Well, we're continuing in our reading in Exodus, Shmot, and we're paying attention to the ways of God and how God works, what he does and what we need to do, and how God has a heart for the faithful. But I want to remind you that when we started this uh, reading in this book this, this season, we were paying attention to the people who had moral courage. Do you remember that? The midwives who had courage and even put themselves at risk. The parents of Moses who had moral courage as well. And others along the way, ultimately Moses who had moral courage. And others who, who stood up for what was right and even though they put themselves in risk, they, they did what was right. And they did it because they were God-fearing. It's, it's important to pay attention to that as, as we're reading and studying. But there's another dimension that, that I want to focus on. Moses had courage to go back as a man of faith and talk to Pharaoh and to put his life in jeopardy before the king, to bring a declaration to the king that, that God Almighty wants the children of Israel to be his servants, not Pharaoh's servants. And that is a revolutionary thing to say and a radical thing to say. And Pharaoh basically responded by saying, who is this Adonai? I don't know him. And who does he think he is? Because Pharaoh considered himself to be a God incarnate, an incarnation of one of the Egyptians Egyptian gods. And so it was a spiritual battle, as well as economic, social, and human and civilizational battle. So Moses is at risk, and unbeknownst to Pharaoh, he's at risk as well. But he doesn't have moral courage, does he? He's not willing to sacrifice for what is good. He's not willing to lose for what is good. In fact, Moses brings the word of the Lord to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh doesn't want the word of the Lord. How many of you would like a clear word from the Lord about your future? I mean, real, crystal clear. You'd like the Lord to say, this is what I'm going to do. You can be certain of it. Anyone in favor of that kind of direction? Well, Pharaoh got that word, not just one time, 10 times. His problem was he didn't want the word of the Lord. He did not have a heart of respect, love, or submission to the Lord. And he did not count the word of the Lord as revelation for him. He counted it as consternation. He rejected the word of the Lord. But then you see something in Pharaoh that maybe we can recognize as a common human experience. After each plague was released, he was sorry. And it's that kind of sorrow that's not deep repentance, it's the kind of sorrow for getting caught or getting punished. 
but especially getting caught and punished. And maybe you were one of those kids. You could lie through your teeth until you were caught red-handed, or you could lie even after you were caught red-handed. And like Wally was a police officer, I'm sure you had to deal with people like that. You caught them in the middle of a crime, and they're trying to profess their innocence. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. I, I gotcha. <laughs> but when people are sorry just because they got caught, it's not deep repentance. It's a shallow repentance. And the repentance of Pharaoh went something like this. Uh, I'm sorry I'm in trouble. Please forgive me. Stop the plague. And once the plague was stopped, the sorrow was stopped. Right? And then we just keep going through this cycle. So you have Moses with the word of the Lord, and he's having to be courageous and continually courageous because the plagues are increasingly confrontational, both with Pharaoh and with the gods of Egypt. But the children of Israel are basically spectators in a sense. And they're watching Moses, and I'm sure there were conversations at home like, you know, Moses is really a brave man, and others like, what, how kind of stupid is Moses that he would do this? He think he's gonna get away with it? No way, it's gonna turn out bad. Have you ever seen someone take a risk and do something courageous, and your first response is, he's not gonna make it. <laughs> I'm sure people were thinking that about Moses. But we're going to look at, at one particular verse that's so important because it sets a pattern for how God will work for redemption with the Jewish people and with the whole world for all time and all places. And it will help you both as an individual and help us as a community understand how God works. If you don't know how God works, you'll always be confused when God is working. You will not recognize that he's at work. We'll turn to Exodus chapter 12. We'll look at verse 13. And the background is this. We're now ready for the 10th plague. But Israel is no longer going to be a spectator. Israel is called to act in faith and to do what God has told Israel to do in anticipation of the deliverance that God wants. So let's read it. First in one translation, then we'll amplify it. The blood, and this is the blood from the Passover lamb that each family was to offer as a sacrifice and then eat, but that blood was to be put on the doorposts, you remember? On the top and on the sides of every house for the children of Israel. The blood will serve you. Isn't that interesting? It will serve you as a sign marking the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I strike the land of Egypt, the death blow will not strike you. So that's, that's one translation. And, and let's go back and look at it. The blood will serve you as a sign marking the houses where you are. And then the Lord says, when I see the blood. But think about this. After they've marked the houses, everyone's at risk. Number one, what if nothing else happens? 
Now every family, by marking the house, has made a radical declaration to Pharaoh. And that is, we're trusting God, and we're against you. Imagine if Jewish people in Nazi Germany received a prophetic word from the Lord, put, put a star on your house tonight. Because tonight I'm gonna deliver everyone who has a, a star on their house. I think a lot of people would say, I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. And I'm not sure, we've been in hiding, I'm not sure I want it to come out who we are at this moment in time. So imagine the children of Israel in Egypt and they're told, put the blood on, and they realize this, we are not only marking our houses for the Lord, we're marking our houses for the Egyptians. And if God doesn't come, we're probably in bigger trouble than ever before. That's one side. But there's another side. You mark the houses, God does come, he does spare the children of Israel, none of the firstborn of Israel are, are killed, but the firstborn of Egypt are. But what if God doesn't set the children of Israel free? What if they're stuck there? Can you imagine the risk can you imagine the danger that the children of Israel would face because now all of Egypt is angry. All of Egypt, not just Pharaoh, but all of Egypt has suffered loss and understands it's these Jews who are responsible for what happened. Great risk for everyone. But this is a word of the Lord, right? And it's actually a prophetic word. It's a prophetic word in this way. The Lord is saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna come through the land. I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, be accompanied by or followed by the angel of death who's gonna come to every house and kill the firstborn of every house and to every flock and every barn, every stable, wherever there's livestock, every sheepfold. And I'm gonna take the firstborn of every family, regardless of age. Firstborn could be 80, 90, could be three. I'm gonna take their life, except those who put their trust in me and do what I tell them to do today. You see, it's a prophetic word. This is what I'm going to do now, but this is what you have to do now. It's very interesting. Sometimes we want the word of the Lord. We just don't want any conditions. This is what I'm gonna do. You don't have to do anything. I mean, it's really great, isn't it, when the Lord says, stand back and watch. And, you know, you can hide in a corner. Hope everything turns out. But when the Lord says, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what you have to do first, then it really does require faithfulness. And this is part of the pattern. You see, God is faithful, and he wants us to respond in kind with faithfulness. It makes sense. How many people pray hoping God will answer by saying, I'll think about it? Or 
God says, yes, I'm positively inclined towards that. That's not why you pray. You pray because you want an answer. Yes, and then God does it. Right? Am I right? When, when Brian Rose wanted prayer for his shoulder, imagine if the Lord just responded by saying, yeah, I see your shoulder. I want to heal your shoulder. Sort of. I'm not against it. I'm for it, but, but, well, a lot of us respond to God that way. God says, I'm going to do this. I want you to be faithful. And your faithfulness is a response to my word to you about what I'm going to do. And he doesn't want us to say, that's a great word. I'm going to think about it. He gave Israel no time to think about it. Well, he gave a little time. It's sort of like this. At midnight, time's up. What's interesting to me is the Lord said this to all of Israel, regardless of an individual's level of faith. He said the same thing to the weak ones as he did to the strong ones. He said the same thing to the ones who were really confident in God and the ones who had no confidence. Everyone was told the same thing. That to me is very interesting. God set the terms like that. And he wanted the same response. And I'm sure there were some atheists among the Jewish people there who had a religious conversion of some sort in which they were thinking, hmm, I don't even believe in God. Maybe. And they move from atheism to agnosticism in a moment. Like, maybe God is real. And then I think all the agnostics had a moment. You know, because they're thinking, I'm not sure I believe in God and this Moses guy. You know, things have not gone so well. Things have gotten harder, not better. So I'm not sure about this. But then they're thinking, okay, but what if it is true what God has said? What if God has revealed his word to all of us? And what if he does come and protect us and then deliver us and set us free? Well, it's interesting. All of Israel had to make a decision from the ones with weak faith or no faith to the ones with strong faith, they all had to make the same decision. It's very similar. Even the language of Exodus 12 is similar to what Elijah said to all of Israel when there was the confrontation with the priests of Baal. And Elijah said something like this. How long are you going to Pesach between two opinions? You're going to hop. You're going to bounce between two opinions. Settle on one opinion is the Lord the Lord. In the same way, this word is like that. The Lord says, I'm going to Pesach. I'm going to hop or bounce. I'm going to, like a, like a bounding lamb or you in a field, I'm going to fly through the air and land in front of every house that has blood on the doorposts, 
and I will protect that house and not allow the angel of death to come in, not allow the destroyer to come in. Well, it's interesting. All the agnostics came to faith. All of them. And all of Israel did something. Not one was left behind. It was an unprecedented moment of faith because it was the faith of individuals, but it was the faith of the community together. And God had in mind to do something that sets a pattern. He works redemption at a different scale when it's just individuals. When it's individuals in a community together, he works in a different way. And he set a pattern that he wants forever to be true. And that is that people of faith will be joined together and serve him together and see the miracles of God. Our message has to combine this. The message for the Jewish people has to combine it. it American Protestantism generally does not communicate this. It's not a useful form because it considers salvation to be purely individual. And there are some forms of Judaism that don't grasp the individual response of faith and think there's a community or a national covenant that covers everyone, so no individual needs to worry about their faithfulness. Both of them miss the mark. Because what God has established is that everyone as an individual would have faith in God and be faithful to God and all of us would be joined together and experience the power of God's salvation at a community level and a national level. And we need to combine that. We need to take that into our heart. It needs to be part of our understanding and part of our message. It's not one or the other, it's the two together. This is what it means for all Israel to be saved. Well, let's go down 10 verses later to a restatement of this prophetic word. It amplifies, it clarifies the meaning. Exodus 12, verse 23. When the Lord passes through to strike down the Egyptians, now that's interesting. The purpose of the Lord is to strike down the Egyptians, but the agency is not the Lord directly, it's the destroyer. When the Lord passes through to strike down the Egyptians, he will see what? The blood on the top and the two side posts, and he will pass over the door. And pass over doesn't mean skip, but it means he will like hop and land. It, it's sort of like the DC superhero, The Flash. And if you know this guy, you know that he's here and then suddenly he's there, right? Yeah, a lot of the writers for DC um, got their inspiration for the superheroes uh, from the scriptures, actually. And they took different qualities, even Superman. They took different qualities and they, they translated some of those qualities into superheroes. I don't think they were necessarily spiritual, but they were informed. They used the, uh, the archetypes that they could see. 
But the Lord is sort of like the flash in this. He's here and then he's there. And it's a moment and then another moment. And he'll see the blood on the top and the two side posts. He'll pass over the door. He will be at the door and he will not allow the destroyer. This is why you can see it's not passive. It's not that he skips the house. It's that he comes to the house. That's marked. And he won't allow the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Toddler parents, don't forget to get your kids now. And this establishes a pattern for us that faith is active faith. It's faith in action, not just thought or feeling. It's faith that reveals itself in our actions. Our faith becomes visible through our actions. Our faith becomes visible in the same way that God's faithfulness becomes visible. Because God wants reciprocity. He wants our faith to look like his faith. And his faith looks like faithfulness. He wants our faith to look the same. Now here's what's so great. When God's word is fulfilled, it builds our trust and it builds our confidence. And it causes us to have, to have this sense of awe because we have confidence in him and we have a healthy respect and fear for him. That the word of the Lord is powerful, it's revelation, it calls for a responsive action. That we take it deep into our heart. That's why I like Sandy's word of instruction earlier today. This, this word about remembering a word of faith that God gave you. It's protection for you. And I would add to it and say, the word of faith that God gave to you is protection for you whether it has been fulfilled yet or not. What protected the children of Israel? They received the word as revelation, they took it as instruction for themselves, and they acted on it. And then it was fulfilled. Do you see that? You stick around as a skeptic with God, in Egypt, and you say, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, that puts you in the lot of the Egyptians. Terrible thing. Our faith is not blind faith. It's faith that trusts, and then that faith sees that the one who we trusted accomplishes what he said. And this is the difference between true revelation from God, a true prophetic word from God, and wishful thinking. Wishful thinking may or may not come to pass. It may encourage you temporarily, but it's not the same as a word from the Lord. And a word from the Lord is true, and it will come to pass. When it comes to pass and you remember it and you take it to heart and you recognize it, you become stronger. You become mighty in the spirit. You become confident in God and you can start receiving more direction from the Lord that will not only be useful for you, it will be useful for other people as well. Not only that, when you walk faithfully with God, he will join you with other people who walk faithfully with God and then you're not just by yourself, 
but you're united with others who are being faithful to God. This is why membership is so important. It's a way of saying, count on me. Count me in. I'm standing shoulder and shoulder together with you and God as a community. It's a powerful thing to say. Well, I want to close with the words that we say every week, every Shabbat, every time we read from the prophetic scriptures, from the Haftorah, we end with a blessing. And I'll read to you that blessing in English. In your Siddur, it's on page 70. It's the closing blessing. And it's about the faithfulness of God and how he redeems us through his faithfulness. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, rock of all eternities, faithful in all generations, the trustworthy God who says and does, who speaks and makes it come to pass. Exactly all of whose words are true and righteous. Faithful are you, O Lord our God, and faithful are your words, for not one word of yours is turned back unfulfilled. For you are a faithful and compassionate God and King. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God who is faithful in all his words. If you're lost in religious ritual and you forget the power of the word of God and revelation of who God is and what he's doing, you could say these words 500 times and they'd sort of be something like this, blah, 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 blah. But if you understand this is revelation from God and a declaration back to God of who he is, and how faithful he is, and how true he is, and how his word is dependable, and you can bet your life on what God says. You can count this, that God will rescue you, he will deliver you, he will bring you in to what he has, according to his word. Not according to your wishful thinking, according to his word. And when that gets into your heart and you live by it, You live by faith and faithfulness. It's a great way to live. Because not only can you live, but you live for God. And not only do you live for God, but you can live for the good of others that God has in mind for them too. Because you can serve them, you can bring the word of God to them. The good news of salvation. And when they say, when Jewish people say, well, I don't, I don't see Yeshua in Torah. You can point them to the way God works and how he appears and what he does and how there's no atonement without blood. There's no redemption. You can't even get out of Egypt without blood. Yeah, then you won't be babies. <laughs> Tossed to and fro or afraid of reactions. You'll be strong in the Lord. Not only that, you'll produce strength in others. And that's my heart for you and my prayer for you. And there's a reason 
we need to do it together. To be strong in the Lord together, to bring the good news all over the world. We have not only opportunity, we have the ears of people all over the world. And we need to notch up what we're doing together as a community so that we can make disciples all over the world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are a faithful God and true and that you do redeem us through the blood of the Lamb, both in Egypt and now. And you deliver us from the power of sin and the power of death. And thank you, Lord, for delivering us from that kingdom of Pharaoh and the kingdom of darkness and bringing in us, all of us, to the kingdom of your beloved Son, Yeshua the Messiah. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's close with Aaron's blessing. If you're standing by yourself, move. <laughs> so you're not by yourself. There you go. Okay, all of us together. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ye'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai p'navelecha the Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Shabbat shalom.